Crack fans, the NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins for all you football fans. And now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out as well. In addition to the usual bets, Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Maybe you're a fan of a lesser-heralded team. Maybe it's the Detroit Lions. I'm just speaking off the top of my head here. I don't know any Lions fans, but maybe you do, and maybe that hypothetical Lions fan has noticed the fact that Jared Goff seems to hit his passing yards number in every game these Detroit Lions have played thus far. What you're going to do, little same game parlay. You'll take the Detroit Lions as an underdog, as they so frequently seem to be. You'll take whichever of their skill position players. Maybe it's Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, the Jared Goff passing yards total. You're going to parlay them together, and it's going to make things even sweeter. In fact, you can throw down on step up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Here's how it works. You're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code AOD to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. Again, that's code AOD only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply if you or someone you know has a gambling problem. Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming, 1-800-NEXT-STEP-IN-ARIZONA, or 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 877-HOPE-NY in New York, OPGR.org in Oregon, call text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789 or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings. I cannot believe the following sentence is about to come out of my mouth, yet it's the third week of October. We've got five tour-level events on the calendar across the ATP and WTA Tours. Of course, the premier event is that WTA 1000 action in Guadalajara. The chase for the 2022 WTA Year-End Championships coming to a crescendo this week in Guadalajara. You've got countless top 10, top 15, top 30 players in action. So many storylines to monitor, most pertinent amongst them. Who are going to be those eight players competing in the 2022 WTA year-end championships? We know Sviantek, Jabur, Pagula are going to be there. Coco Golf, one victory away from securing herself a spot, but five spots, essentially, up for grabs going into the final week of the season. Yeah, that's something for us to get excited about as tennis fans. So much so, Guadalajara gets its own preview podcast. That's right. I spun off my round one look at that WTA 1000 action on a separate Ace of the Day segment. If you are looking to hear it, just look on this Great Shot podcast feed, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. It's available wherever you listen to your podcast. Of course, with that event aside, we still have four tour-level events to monitor this 
week. So much fun action here. Late October, yet the tennis continues to carry on. Of course, on the women's side, you've got another WTA act, uh, event excuse me, happening in France. You see so many different players trying to separate themselves, whether it be from outside to inside the top 100, top 100 to top 50, top 50 to top 30. Again, plenty of delineation, dare I say, left to be done here through the home stretch of this 2022 season. Of course, on the men's side, three ATP 250s, countless players still alive in the chase for the championship in the men's action as well. You've got a bunch of players looking to just find themselves on firmer footing heading into this 2023 upcoming season. As such, plenty of exciting action for us to monitor this week here at Cracked Rackets. And of course, what I want to do on this podcast today is preview Monday's action happening at our four non-Guadalajara tour level events. Now, I do want to point out they're having some issue in Naples. I think the first round of play got postponed till Tuesday. As such, we're not going to have any Naples talk here on today's show. But again, France for the women, Antwerp for the men, Stockholm for the men as well. That's going to be the focus of this GSP Ace of the Day segment. And looking at the board, once again, I've got three more aces for all of you on today's show. We're going to play things conservatively with our wagers here early in the week, as always, as we try to get a grasp on A, who Who's playing their best tennis B, who's, uh, how this surface, how these conditions, excuse me, are playing across the globe. That said, I've got three picks I'm feeling pretty confident about. So with that in mind, let's look at everything else happening on Monday. Let's get into it. Here are my three, Let's get into it. Here are my three GSP aces of the day. Let's start with that women's event happening in France. A lot of fun matches on the board on Monday. You look at the action in Rouen. The matches I'll be keeping an eye most closely on, and I believe you've got six of them overall on the day. How real was Daria Sneger's run against or at the U.S. Open? Excuse me. Obviously got that defining victory against Simona Halep. Sneger, a former top-ranked junior, clearly had some weapons to play with, but she's going to get tested tomorrow as she takes on a very much informed Harriet Dart. Dart's made a couple of quarterfinals since the start of the grass court season. Dart certainly has established herself inside the top 100, really for the first time in the 26-year-old's career. She's got weapons that are going to test the physicality of of Sneaker, get her stretched, not allow her to tee off as freely from the center of the court. That said, Sneaker's got some disruptive weapons as well. Plus 145, it's an interesting underdog to take a flyer on. Definitely, I like the over two and a half sets. I like the over in games in the match as well. That's a stay away for me. I would lean Dart just because she is playing so well of late, but we see so many young players have different runs of success week in, week out. Maybe this is the former top junior in the world or top two junior in the world's week for that sort of success. So that's a stay away. Korpach is playing well. She shouldn't be the underdog against Danilovic. Minus 105. I like that. Not enough to make it an ace, but you want to take the over there. I won't complain. You want to take the over in golfy Gracheva. I won't complain. Ditto with Bronzetti, Doi, Roba, Panche. Panche really should cruise in that match, but 
you know, minus 550. I'm not laying that much juice on her with all due respect. The match I like the most to lay a little bit on is the ace of the day, number one. I'm going to go with Katie McNally tomorrow, who just feels a little bit low at minus 160 in her matchup, taking on Ocean Doden. Now, I understand Doden is the higher-ranked player. Doden has had higher highs this year than Katie McNally has. And you look for Doden, 26-year-old, soon-to-be 26-year-old, excuse me, currently ranked number 101 in the world, has had pretty solid run uh, over her last 52 weeks, 36 and 36 overall. Started out the year really strong, making... Round of 16 in Sydney, a semifinal at a 125K in Marbella, qualifying in Doha, in Madrid, making semifinals in Strasbourg. And yet you look of late for Doden, it's been a struggle. She's lost five of her last six matches, lost 2-0 to Harriet Dart in the first round, including to Polka last week, losses to Dart. Rakamova, Bouchard, Kovinich, and Tomova, you know, with all due respect, those are not the best of losses, particularly on hard courts. The dart one, certainly excusable, but she just hasn't played her best tennis of late. On the flip side, she's taken on someone in Katie McNally, who is finally starting to return to form. You look at McNally back up into the top 125, coming off of a quarterfinal run in Ostrava that saw really good wins for her against Wang Shiyu, Shmidlova, Blinkova, Mukova before getting knocked out 4-4 four and four by former doubles partner on their way to a junior French Open title in Iga Sviantec. McNally just has weapons that are not to be trifled with. Her plus, uh, you know, the big serve, the plus one strike, just the way she hits that first forehand, her confidence moving into that, her confidence going big on the second serve return and following that ball in, playing the backhand slice, driving the backhand down the line. She plays with, plays with pace, plays with a rhythm that is just disruptive to her opponents in, in facing someone in Ocean Doden who does not have a ton of rhythm coming into this match. I just don't see how the 25, soon to be 26-year-old French woman establishes her rhythm here in this 125K event. Meanwhile, again, McNally has just played so much better tennis since the start of the grass court season. Round of 16 in Birmingham, played really well in Cincinnati, beating Sasnovich in three. She probably should have beaten Jabir before losing that match 7-6 in the third again works her way through that Ostrava draw pretty handily before getting knocked out by Iga Sviantek. I just think McNally's playing far better. She is on the ride. Stodan again lose her five of her last six. Give me McNally in these conditions. Again, minus 165 money line. That's pretty nice to just take her to win. That said, you can get her minus two and a half games tomorrow over Dodan. And I do like a four and four or Maybe even like a 5-2 and two victory for McNally tomorrow. I just think she has the biggest weapons on the court. Her serve, her first strike, whether it be forehand, backhand wing, her willingness to move forward and put stress on Doden. I just also don't think Doden is playing well enough, even if she might be the slightly more fluid mover of the two players. I don't think her movement gives her such a distinct advantage that it 
minimizes the weapons advantage that McNally goes uh, has going into this indoor hardcourt event. So give me Katie McNally. We'll take the minus two and a half games because it takes her from minus 160 to minus 125 odds. And I think even in a three set win, McNally ultimately covers a two and a half game spread. So give me McNally minus two and a half games over Doden minus 125 half a unit to win point four. That is ace of the day. Number one ace of the day. Number two happens in our men's event. And again, if you're looking for further detail on Guadalajara, recorded an entirely separate podcast dedicated to that. But that's your look at day number one, Monday's action in France. Again, uh, we've got five tour level events. That's what's going on on the WTA side. Three on the men's side. No talk of Naples as something is wrong with the surface or they're bringing the court over. I didn't quite understand what the news report was. But again, with that in mind, we're ready to move on to our ATP side of things. And, you know, let's start with the action happening in Antwerp. Limited schedule tomorrow on the ATP side. Only three matches, three main draw matches, I should say. You've got five of them getting underway, six of them, excuse me, getting underway on Tuesday. Of the three we have to play with in, in Antwerp, Two of them take the overs right off the bat. Jensen Brooksby, minus 120, taking on Jack Draper, who's gone from plus 105 to minus 105 odds. I mean, that matches a pick If you're asking me whose best has been better this year, it's been Jack Draper, who essentially did this year at the challenger level what Brooksby did last season. Draper's won over 80% of his matches. He's holding serve over 85% of the time. The big lefty just has the weapons, the serve, the forehand, the willingness to move forward. I say it all the time when we talk about Draper. The 20-year-old's backhand is sneaky powerful, generates sneaky good depth off of that wing as well. There is no discernible, defining weakness in the young player's game. Again, a lot of pieces to like Fort Draper moving forward. Obviously, if there is any weakness, Brooksby's going to exploit it. And Brooksby's going to high percentage tennis you to death. He's going to move you side to side. He's going to stress the movement, stress the discipline of Draper. That's an indoor hard courts in Antwerp. Perfect conditions for where Draper has been at his best, serving big on indoor hard court conditions. He has his serve, his forehand are the two biggest weapons on the court, and I do think he has the physicality, particularly in two out of three sets, to match Jensen Brooksby. I think some of Brooksby patterns are neutralized because Draper does, it is a lefty, so Draper has the forehand, not going to be as uh, overwhelmed by Brooksby's consistency on that backhand wing. And I just think Draper is disciplined enough to move Brooksby around the court. I think Draper wins the match. That said, you're a fool if you count out Jensen Brooksby, who just finds ways always to keep himself competitive in every match, regardless of the opponent. I think this match goes over three sets. I think over three sets, excuse me, over two sets. I think the over two and a half set or the over in games in this match over 22 and a half minus 115. I think they're both pretty good wagers as opposed to betting on the money line. So I'm going to stay away from this one. Staying away from Stan Gasquet as well. Again, if this was 2011, this match would be freaking awesome. 2014, again, freaking awesome. Seeing these two play in 2022, I don't know. Take the overs over two and a half sets, over 22 and a half games in this match. Wawrinka, for what it's worth, favored, excuse me, at minus 165. Gasquet plus 135. I mean, Gasquet plus 135 is the better bet because Gasquet has been the better player this season, but 
yeah, I want no part of that match. That said, that's your Monday action in Antwerp. And, you know, for what it's worth, or excuse me, one more match that's about to be our ace of the day. But Draper, 52.8% favorite according to Tennis Abstract. And, you know, Wawrinka, 52.7% favorite according to Tennis Abstract. The match I like to wager on. Looking at our action in Antwerp tomorrow, let's go Dan Evans. Minus three and a half games over Talon Griegspoor. Now, you look at the odds. Evans minus 270 tomorrow. That's obviously in the vomit or parlay zone. That said, you can get a minus three and a half games for minus 115. And you look for Evans. He's 14 and 10 in first matches this season. You look for him on hard courts, nine and four in first matches this season. His losses to Rublev. Krajinovic once a bad loss in Cincinnati. Coming off of his magnificent run, obviously, in Canada. And then two first-round losses to Yoshihito Nishioka, who's just had his number throughout the course of their matchups in their career. So you throw those two, I suppose, out the window. In that case, he's, you know, 9-2 and two in first matches on hard courts this season. You look for Dan Evans. I mean, overall, it's been a really solid year. Evans now 30-24 and 24 overall in the season, winning 56% of his matches. That's how he's held firm inside the top 35. You look for Evans, again, outside of uh, against opponents ranked outside the top 50, a pretty efficient 18-10 and 10 overall in the season with three of his losses coming to Nishioka, two of his losses coming to Cressy. Like, oh, excuse me. Yeah, no, no, that's right. So five of his 10 losses coming to two players in particular. Um, again, you look for him on hard courts, 11-4 and four against opponents ranked outside the top 50 with three of his losses coming to Yoshihito Nishioka this season. Evans beats who he's supposed to beat. And you look for Evans, he's holding 78.7% of the time. That's a percent above his career average, second best number of his career. More importantly, he's breaking serve 23.6% of the time. That's above his career average, above the average of a top 50 player on the ATP Tour. And he just finds himself competitive in every match that he plays, every game that he plays. He's able to break opponents down. And if you don't have a an overwhelming weapon to hurt him with, he just asks a million questions of you and is going to break you down and will slowly find opportunities for himself to attack, to sneak forward to the net again. Unless you have some sort of weapon, whether it be your physicality, whether it be a serve or a plus one forehand, Dan Evans is going to, uh, particularly on a hard court, he's going to eventually break you down. And you look at his opponent tomorrow, Talon Griegspor, who has now lost six of his last eight matches, three matches consecutively. He had to retire last week in Florence, taking on Aslan Karatsev. I just don't think he's healthy. I don't think he's confident. And I think Dan Evans is both heading into their matchup in Antwerp. Indoor hardcore conditions are conditions I like for Dan Evans. Again, I'll take Evans. Minus three and a half games over Greek Sport. Minus 115. Quarter of a unit to win 0.21. That's ace of the day number two. And your look at Antwerp. Ace of the day number three comes via the action again happening this week in Stockholm. And it's a fun set of matches as you look across the board. Now we've only got two of them, but Ilya Vashka versus Max Cressy. Don't think we're going to have that many rallies over 10 shots, but Ivashka's plenty powerful from the baseline. Won't allow Cressy easy rhythm to hit the slice and slice and volley or the chip and charge. And certainly Ivashka will be definitive with his returns to try and put some sort of pressure on Cressy. That said, indoor hard courts, Cressy's going to have his opportunity to serve his best to impose his attacking game. I like the over in this match. Now, it's over 
24 and a half games. So you might as well just take the over two and a half sets at plus 130 as opposed to taking the over in games, which is still minus 110 odds. Like just take the over two and a half sets. If it goes over 24 and a half games, it's going over two and a half sets. That said, that match is a stay away for me. I can't stay away from Holger Runa, who's minus 390 tomorrow against Diego Montero, but more importantly, minus three and a half games. You can get him for a straight set victory, even at minus 150 odds for those minus three and a half. Just some quick Montero stats. Three and 20 in his career against top 50 opponents when playing on hard courts. You look for him against the top 100. He's 16 and 39 when playing on hard courts. You look for him just against across opponents in his career. Montero, 71 and 76 on hard courts, 21 and 41 on hard courts at the ATP level. That forehand's big. And with all due respect to Holger, uh, to Montero, Runa's worked on hitting the serve a little bit bigger, on hitting his spots a little bit more efficiently with a little bit more depth, a little bit more pace on his plus one forehand. And obviously, even when Montero does connect on that plus one forehand, I think Runa's got an elite, exceptional backhand, exceptional fluidity on that side. You look for Runa in his career, 16 and 12 against lefties overall. And again, you look for Runa, it's been a signature season. He's up to number 27. Eight, uh, 19 years old, 27 in the world rankings, has positioned himself perfectly for 2023. Everything from this point forward is just gravy to give himself some margin to work with, particularly as we approach next year's clay court season. I'm all in on Runa, and I think, again, Montero has always struggled on this surface. So give me Holger, minus three and a half games, minus 150. Again, we're just going to lay a quarter unit on that to win 0.16 in return. That said, that is your look at the rest of Monday's action. Again, Naples off to a slow start, having some issues getting that surface set, getting everything ready. So those first-round matches move to Tuesday. That said, of all of Monday's matches, we have three round one aces from Guadalajara, your three aces from everything else. Give me McNally, minus two and a half games over Doden, minus 125, half a unit to win 0.4. Runa, minus three and a half games over Montero, minus 150, quarter of a unit to win 0.16. And then Evans, minus three and a half games over Greek Sport, minus 115, quarter of a unit to win 0.21. As always, a shout out to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. Again, a shout out as well to our friends at DraftKings. And if you are ready to get into the action, just turn to the DraftKings Sportsbook. With that said, for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at DraftKings, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I am your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. May the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. 